1: You got anything on your
0: chest
2: besides your chin? You better get it off.
3: All right, then you asked for it.
0: Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free for All Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby's Nimer.
4: Good afternoon and welcome to this Free for All Friday. And as always, there's a lot to talk about. And yeah, I'd like to hear from people who were listening or watching or in the live audience for yesterday's Toronto mayoral debate. Now, it's true, there's not much of a contest going, but it was an unexpectedly lively affair with good exchanges and a lot of things raised. And there are lots of other races, and I keep saying, you know, the municipal level is the level that is really going to affect your life. Excuse me. That's where decisions that affect your street, your neighborhood, uh, your garbage collection, all of those things are made at that level. And so we should all be paying attention. And there are some very interesting races out there as, uh, Bob just pointed out. We have two former provincial politicians running to be mayors, Andrea Horvath, the former leader of the NDP, and Stephen Del Duca, the former leader of the Ontario Liberal Party. And in Toronto, we have seven seats, seven wards uh, that have no incumbent. I mean, you know, I got a good laugh yesterday when somebody was talking about the re-election of trustees and the way it works, they just keep getting re-elected. And I said, you know, a pet rock could be re-elected as a Toronto City councillor. And I don't think I'm far off on that, but these races are wide open. And the other thing about it, though, is that this is supposed to be a nonpartisan, party-free system. But I think that parties are backing candidates because we have that left-wing block supported by the NDP. So I, I want to hear from you. And also, are, is there anything in your neighborhood or your city that you think really needs to be addressed? Uh, my issue in Toronto, I think the basics have gone by the wayside. And it really feels like everybody just does what they want, whether it's on the roads, we have this wild traffic congestion, we have uh, contractors closing lanes, leaving equipment, uh, and it, it just seems to be quite chaotic. You know, I asked the mayor about Potholes on Bay Street. You know, this is one of our main streets. We want to revitalize it after the pandemic. And I was shocked recently when I drove down Bay Street. It's full of old potholes. Why weren't those potholes fixed? And he said, because, you know, we rely on people to tell us where the potholes are. So is that because uh, Bay Street was a dead zone during the pandemic? They couldn't figure out that there were potholes there. And this is our main commercial area. Anyway, whatever it is that's bugging you, overflowing litter, cans, all of that, give us a shout. 416 six 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 Toll-free 866 And let's start with Ron in Guelph. Hi, Ron. uh, Thanks for taking my call. Well, it certainly was a lively discussion. Um, I'll start with saying that I'm a, Anyway, whatever it is that's bugging you, overflowing litter, cans, all of that, give us a shout. 416 360 Toll-free 866 740 And let's start with Ron and Guelph. Hi, Ron. Well, let me, uh, thanks for taking my call.
5: Well, it certainly was a lively discussion. Um, I'll start with saying that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Zoomer born post World War II. I was, I'm a born and bred Torontonian. I was born here, spent up until the nineties when I moved for my employment. So my thing is that I remember a different Toronto when I was growing up and traveling in this city. I remember when the TTC won North America wide awards as the best transit system. Um, I don't know whether, I mean, I don't think they've won any awards in the last 15 years or so, but they were the best. And what about the clean streets? I used to brag to my American friends how clean our streets were. They were, they were, they were always clean, weren't they?
4: Uh, yep. That ship has sailed, Ron. (laughs) Well, I'm going to say it. Um, you know what? The
5: residents of Toronto, um, after hearing all the comments yet, they should be very glad that John Torrey, is probably going to be elected again because a lot of the other stuff it sounds great in a debate, but a lot of it uh, their comment uh, stuff wasn't impractical. It wasn't practical um, for what are the, a lot of the stuff they were saying. So I think John Tory still deserves to be the mayor again. That's it.
4: Okay. Well, I suspect that a majority of people who have the vote here agree with you, but it was good that he has had to answer some questions he had to be I, you know held what, to account
5: is, yeah just hope this is a pothole uh i'm sorry but you know what i mean doesn't the city have their own vehicles that travel up and down the, the city works trucks i mean they must be able to see this why are you counting on just people phoning in that doesn't cut any water with me
4: yeah, I I'm not sure that they're just counting on that, but uh that seemed like a big miss. And I know they do they they do have a pothole blitz and you know we dutifully report on it extensively. It's it's usually in March or something and it's hey people, the pothole blitz is happening this week. Well, yeah, uh there that. were some big misses in this year's pothole blitz and and the streets are dirty and here very close to our neighborhood. Uh, there's a really bad smell, and uh, it keeps recurring. And it's interesting. I asked the counselor, Joe Mehevick, who is an interim counselor. He was appointed, and he's not actually running for the job, and he used to be my counselor in St. Paul's. And he said, well, the water department people or the sewage people don't know. (coughs) Excuse me, sorry. (laughs) sorry about that, Uh, don't know what it is. And then the mayor said, well, it's the sewage backup and it's because it's an old system and uh, the storm and the sewage were put together and we're spending billions of dollars. So, and it takes years. So, you know. He's right about that. John Tory is right about that. The city of Toronto is, it's a
5: long process to um, separate the storm from the sewage. And yeah, there are, they're working on it. I don't know how quick they're working on it. but that, So that's a
4: valid argument on his part. Um, yeah, but, but that's mean, the question. It, how quickly are they working on it? Well, maybe yeah, not that quickly. Well, I'm going to make one
5: last quick. Um, my son's in Montreal. You came from Montreal. Yep. Whether you love John Drapeau or not, the Montreal transit system is far and wide. Our transit, the transit system in Toronto, uh, I've been told, is about 20 years behind schedule compared to what Montreal is. And I can, after being in Montreal, uh, visiting, I can agree with that.
4: Okay. Thanks a lot, Ron. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm getting the bell because we have a first-time caller. And that is Andrew in Etobicoke. Hello, Andrew. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How
3: are you? All right. Um, John Tory, he, he's going to make it in. He can always do better, whatever happens, happens. I know it's probably a shoe in but I can't even get an election sign. I volunteered the last two campaigns to put up signs in the neighborhood. This time around, I have a family and a small child that can't do it. I told them in September, they said, can we put a sign on your lawn? I said, sure. I waited, I waited. I've asked five times, nobody's put a sign. Last Sunday, someone said, I'll be out this afternoon. Still, no sign on the property. But you know, no one's no one's volunteering because everybody knows he's gonna get in. Nobody cares anymore.
4: Well, I I don't even know how many signs there are. Come to think of it, I haven't seen many signs. He's spending a lot of money. He's got commercials on TV. Those are a lot more expensive than signs. And uh, again, people who are being reelected, even in in my ward, Josh Matlow is there, and I see the odd sign, but it's like no one can be bothered.
3: <laughs> exactly. And it, it bothers me. I want to support him. But then I think to myself, if he can't organize a committee to put up a sign, what are we going to get for the next four years?
4: Well, that's that's an interesting question. Um, he certainly has a, a good and, uh, you know, not a tiny campaign team. They were all here yesterday for the debate. They're pretty high profile people.
3: So listened to it. Libby, you did a great job. Thank you. That's all I wanted to say. You have a great weekend.
4: Okay. Thank you, Andrew. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Yeah. So um, a lot of people are just, you know, coasting, coasting to another term. And, you know, that does not augur well for us. We have to get things done. We have to get things moving. And I think we really have to get back to the basics. And the one thing that Ron was talking about, hey, do you remember when Toronto was clean? I remember when Toronto was clean, and uh, I think we should get back to that. But I don't know if there's any chance of that happening. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free one 866 740 40. Uh, We are talking about the upcoming municipal election. We've been talking about John Tory, but there are a lot of other people running and running in races that are frankly closer and a lot more interesting than that one. So give us a shout about that. Let's hear from John in Etobicoke. Hi, John. Hey, how you doing? Fine. How are you?
6: Listen, uh, these commercials that you guys got here in Ontario both. Come to Alberta, it's better, cheap houses, and we need you. What's that all about?
4: Uh, It's uh, about commercials. Uh, They are what pay our bills, and it's a big marketing campaign from Alberta. They want to attract people. They've got labor shortages like everyone else. Uh, I think they're headed into a little uh, more turmoil than usual with their... But, yeah, those commercials have, have been uh, everywhere. They're know, spending I'm a got, lot of money.
6: I know. I got family in Alberta. We don't want you guys.
4: <laughs> really? Your family I, told I you understand.
6: that? And you're paying houses for 400000 I haven't seen a $400,000 house in, uh, in Alberta. If you could show me a $400,000 house in Alberta, I'll buy three of them. <laughs> <laughs> You know?
4: Well, you've done well in real estate if you can buy three, four hundred thousand dollar houses.
6: I mean, you know that's a crazy commercial. I guess Ontario don't want the people here. I guess. Well,
4: well no, Ontario wants people. Except uh, everybody has a labor shortage, and we have no shortage of people coming in.
6: Yeah, and, and I like what that other that other caller said last about Toronto being clean. Yep, I remember that too. You know, it's a shame, okay? It's a very shame that we have to see all this, you know, and, and I love Toronto. I live in Toronto, but I got family in Alberta, and, and they don't want these guys here. Where in Alberta? <laughs> in uh, Halif- uh, Halifax. Um, uh, Edmonton.
4: Okay, that's a big city, so maybe no. maybe it's hard to get a four hundred thousand dollar house there.
6: Exactly. So why are the commercials saying that? Does this is one guy say that he he bought a house for four hundred thousand dollars with a cherry on top.
4: Okay. Well, you know what? That some enterprising reporter should have a look at Alberta real estate and see what you can find oh, for four hundred thousand dollars. That's what
6: I'm saying. If you've got a $400,000 house there, I'll buy three of them.
4: Okay, we'll get back to you on that. Thanks a lot, John. Thank you. Bye-bye. That would really be easy enough. Um, So (laughs) He'll buy three of them. I don't know if they'd be in downtown Edmonton. Let's take a call from Barry in North York. Hello, Barry. Good afternoon.
7: That was a great uh, debate. Thank you. Well done. Um, people weren't interrupting each other except a couple of times, because that happens so much in debates. And everybody talk at once, and then we can hear. It. <laughs> right. Um, very good people. I thought there was some very good speeches, and I, I said, oh my gosh, it's making it harder for me to vote. But then, um, then I heard Gil, and I thought, you know, he's got a lot of experience. He said he had more experience than the mayor in politics, and. uh, and he sounds like he's got some good ideas, so he got my vote. And uh, but when it came to t- pick the trustees, I had no idea who they were, so I didn't vote. I said, "Oh, you voted yeah.
4: in the advance poll."
7: Yeah, and I didn't know who the trustees were, so it's not fair to me to pick a, a name. Well,
4: and, um, yeah.
7: And they said, "Well, we'll see what the machine says." The machine said
4: it was okay. So also, the leave. machine accepted your ballot without a vote for trustee. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh anyway, that was uh that that was interesting and uh it's interesting that you were inspired to change your vote after hearing the debate. I like to hear that.
7: Yeah, and, and uh I I think it's time for new blood anyway. I mean the mayor's had two terms.
4: Okay. Thank you for new that, news. Barry.
7: Welcome. Have yourself a great weekend.
4: Okay, bye bye. Okay, thanks. Okay, it is time for our first break. Let me give the numbers before we go to break. After it, we'll have more of your calls and your comments. And you know, uh, yesterday, they were we had five people debating here yesterday out of 34 candidates. And there were a number of candidates in the audience. And one of them approached me and I said, you know what? Call on Free for All Friday, and I see he is waiting, and we will get to him. As for everybody else, the number's 416 740 toll free one 866 740 and we'll be back after the break.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.
4: Welcome back to this free-for-all Friday. We've been talking about yesterday's big mayoral debate that was held right here at the Zoomerplex. And a lot of people were listening or watching or here live in the audience. And it was, frankly... Even I was surprised at how lively the debate was because a lot of times these things are really quite stilted or you end up with people talking over each other and none of that happened. And I think it was a really good airing of issues, even though, honestly, frankly, uh, it, I don't think it, it will change John Tory's trajectory for probably a massive win. And remember, there are all kinds of other races going on that are really interesting. And this is an important level of government. So I am glad to be talking about that. And we continue that conversation. We're going to Chris in Toronto. Hi, Chris.
8: Hi, Libby. I saw the debate
4: yesterday. Great.
8: And, you know, my blood boils because. My biggest issue with John Tory is he's done two terms. And what does he expect to have done in the, in the third term? Now, my biggest issue is the fact that he wants Toronto to move traffic, everything. Now, yesterday he kept saying, you need somebody that's experienced. You need somebody, or this was done under my watch. Well, you know what was done under his watch? Bike lanes. That's all I see are bike lanes everywhere.
4: You don't like bike
8: lanes. No, because what it does is it, it creates traffic. You're catering to these Tour de France wannabes that I mean what what does it accomplish? How much people how many people actually ride their bikes to go shopping? It's basically for recreation. And you're taking the lanes off roads, which creates more chaos and it also affects the emergency vehicles. You well, know, An ambulance can't get by because there's a bike lane. And then what what happened was uh, another issue is the fact that when um, the restrictions were all lifted, this active TO should have been lifted too.
4: You're closing off roads for no reason. Well, the, the recreation part, a lot of people like that. A lot of people do like bike lanes and a lot of people do use them for shopping and that. That's the way cities are actually doing things, though. Again, people who don't like them talk about, let's look at this in in February. But Chris, I hear you. Thanks for your call. And uh, let's go to Darren Atkinson on Highway 407. And Darren, you're running
9: to be mayor of Toronto, right?
4: Yes, I am.
9: And uh, I can... Direct people to my website da mayor I have twelve points that have been there since August, and uh, they pretty much sum up my uh, uh, attitude towards the camp um, campaign platform. So, if you want to check me out, please do. Um, I just thought that the the you know the debate yesterday was good, but it's funny. The very first question: How will people um uh, you know uh, live in place that are um, age campers, in place? Yes. Yeah. Um, I the first. Uh, a point on my platform addresses that. I wanted to start with those that own their homes and offer them a discount on their property tax, possibly up to the full value, depending if there's one or two people there, if they need a stair lift or they need to make it mobility safe or they don't get the PSWs you need. Just because one level of government or an agency fails doesn't mean the city can't do something about it. Plus, when they get pushed into the system, we end up eating some of the costs. A lot of times, people that were offloaded by some of the private Um, long-term care. units. we had to deal with it. Our ambulance service people had to sit in hospitals for 18 hours with them. There's invisible cost to the city. So I think people should live in place.
4: Okay, Darren, why do you want to be
9: mayor? I want to be mayor because I think outside the box a bit. I'm an inventor with a patent in 30 countries. I've put uh, a trademark together uh, overseas and started a factory for amplifiers. But above and beyond this, we've all mused about what we would do if we could change the government. It's like the people that call in. My father passed on August 16th, and he had a miserable time in the health system.
4: Sorry to hear that.
9: I decided to do something about it, and it's there in my platform. My aunt also passed in February, and my uh, cousin in May. So it was not enough for me to just be angry. That's not uh, proactive. So I decided to do something, and if these ideas get out in the public at large, and they live another day, I've done my job. But I want to win. I'm here to win. I'm running for Mayor Darren Atkinson.
4: Okay, Darren Atkinson, thanks for your call. And uh, good luck to all of the candidates. Um, Some ideas that people have, you know, there are some ideas in common, especially about aging in place. So aging in place, one of the things that people need, they need the services that they need nearby, walking distance or uh however it is that they get around they need home care they need all of these things in a hub like near where they live they can't be going all the way downtown if they live far you know for everything that they need and we should have more community based health services that is for sure and ultimately it would save a lot of money, but is it going to happen? Who knows? Okay. We have another first time caller. I've got to get the bell back here. Erica in Toronto. Hello, Erica.
1: Hello, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Love your show, Libby. Thank you. My comment for free for all Friday is, I understand that the city of Toronto is looking for more revenues They don't want to increase property taxes, things like that. So we have all these wonderful bike lanes in Toronto, and cars are not allowed to drive on them. As a driver of a vehicle, I have to have a driver's license, which means I have to be licensed. Either John Tory, if he gets reelected, or any other mayor, why can they not institute a license for a cyclist?
4: You know, they They also... They used to have it back in the 50s, and they got rid of it. And I remember it came up again, and everybody I talked to about it here on the show said, no, no, we can't do this again. I guess enforcement is a problem or the bureaucracy needed to put out those licenses. Can you imagine a whole new bureaucracy putting out those bike licenses? But anyway, they used to have it, and there are people who think it should come back.
1: Well, you know what? Maybe it should come back. If you charge every cyclist $10 out there to have a bike license, then that would certainly generate revenue. And they would have to learn the rules of the road. Because Libby, I when I drive in downtown Toronto, I can't tell you the number of times I don't see them wearing helmets. I don't see them stopping at stop signs. I don't see them stopping at a three-way light. They're just passing on through. They're passing each other in the bike lanes. At night, they don't wear the reflective gear. You don't even know they're there because most of the bikes don't have lights on them, either in the back of a reflector or in the front.
4: Okay, but you know what, Erica? It's not because they don't know the rules. It's because they are not following the rules. I think they know the rules pretty well. And, and uh, I think... 10 bucks will not cover. It's going to cost, I would think, a lot more than 10 bucks a bike license to issue bike licenses. So that mm-hmm. might be the pro. I do because you have to hire people to do it. And people who work for the city make very good money. And then you have to figure out how you're going to do it and get people to get their license. It's, all of that is cost money. That's, a, you know, I haven't done a study on it particularly, but certainly not 10 bucks. But you know what? People who cycle a lot, and uh, my husband being one of them, well, they spend a lot of money on their bikes. So, you know, they could spend more than 10 bucks on it.
1: Well, you know what? Maybe 10 bucks is a is a too low of a rate, but they use the roads. The roads were altered for all the cyclists, which is good. We definitely, you know, exercise is good. A lot of the European cities and the Asian communities have only cycles and you know, you can't even find a car on the road most of the time in certain European cities. Which is great.
4: Okay. Well, uh, I hope I hope that they're listening to you, Erica. Thanks for your call. I hope so. Thanks, Libby. Bye bye. Okay, another call on bike lanes. Brian in Mimico. Hello,
10: Brian. Hi. Uh, saw it yesterday on TV. Uh, one little prediction, though. I bet John Tory's going to be surprised by by how little he wins. But uh, you know, I'm with the other caller. If we must have all these bike lanes they're encouraging biking and all that, then you have to crack down on them more. I see them all the time, go through red lights, drive around at night dressed in black, black bicycle, not even so much as a reflector, let alone a light. And we have out here at Birmingham, we have dedicated cordoned-off bike lanes, both sides with, uh, you know, pillars and uh, poles and everything like that. Every day I drive my wife to work. We drive by about a dozen of these bikers all dressed in their spandex and everything else. Obviously belong to a club or something. But where are they? Are they in the bike place? No, they're driving along the road. You
4: know, there's a there's a an acronym, there's a word for some of them. Mammals. Middle aged men in lycra. <laughs>
10: Well, they all seem kind of young, but nonetheless, yeah, middle age. I guess they're getting
4: there. Maybe the middle-aged ones obey the rules of the road <laughs> more likely because uh, they are uh, they they uh, feel their age a little bit. But yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Mammals,
10: yeah, but, but nonetheless, we have to start cracking down on because they seem to think they can get away with everything. I mean, decades ago, my nephew got. Pulled over for going through a red light on a bicycle.
4: Oh, yeah? What now happened? How do
10: it? He was given a ticket.
4: Did he pay it? Yeah. That must have been but a long time ago. Over,
10: they probably don't have ID or anything like that. But, yeah, something's got to be done. Just can't let it go.
4: Okay. Thank you for that. Thank you. Okay. Boy, bike lanes. Striking a chord. We've got John
6: in Etobicoke.
4: Hello, John.
6: Hey uh, John. Hey Libby, how you doing? Fine. How are you? Good. Listen, I was on already. I, I want. I want to talk about that bike. lane. those those electrical b- bicycles that are on the road, mm-hmm. it hit my pick- pickup truck. It, it damaged. It looked like it damaged about six, seven hundred dollars in damage. So these guys don't have no insurance, no nothing to pay me. So what I did, me and my son, we picked up his bike. We put it in our pickup truck. I give him my address, my phone number, and everything that he needed. I says, when you get the money to pay for this damage, you can have your bike back.
4: Ooh, I I think you're very lucky he didn't uh, decide to uh, talk to a police officer about that.
11: What's what's a police officer going to do?
6: He hit me with no insurance. Uh,
4: Yeah, yeah, that's not good. But, um, yeah, yeah. uh, I would think that uh, that response uh, is maybe not exactly legal, but anyway, so, so did he? It, so, what did he do? Did he no
6: insurance is legal? Uh,
4: if you're on a bicycle, probably.
6: No, no, we're talking about this electrical bike. He really hit me hard.
4: Yeah, I I don't know what the insurance rules are. Well, I once I once got a, a guy. Who really appeared to be mentally ill, and he was driving a regular bike, and he went right into the door of my car. And it was a big dent. It was a long time ago.
6: So why didn't he take his bike away?
4: <laughs> why didn't I take his bike away? <laughs> that's not how I roll.
6: I know. But anyways, to come to the end, he did pay me.
4: He did pay you? How much?
6: Yeah, uh, It was, it was
4: uh, $490. Oh, well, that's not so bad.
6: So uh, he says, here's your bike. And he says, I'm sorry, sir. He, t- he says to me, I'm sorry, sir. I says, okay, next time, you know, get insurance.
4: <laughs> well, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe if there's some insurance person out there. I don't know if you have house insurance, if there's anything on that. But as far as I know, uh, you don't have to get a license for a bike, and you don't have to get insurance.
6: Uh, I know, because the insurance company won't touch that.
4: Yeah. Anyway, John, uh, you got your four hundred and ninety bucks, and these yep. days, I, I there's almost nothing that you can fix on a modern yeah. car for four hundred and ninety bucks. So it must have been a while ago, right?
6: Yeah, it was about uh, maybe over a year ago.
4: Oh, that's all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for your call.
6: Okay, Libby. Bye bye. Bye bye.
4: Uh, that's something that is not a course of action that I would recommend. <laughs> it, it sounds like it worked out okay for John, but again, uh, that sounds pretty hardcore. Okay. Brian and Caledon still with bike lanes. Hello, Brian.
11: Hi there. Yeah, I, I called in about a year ago about the same sort of thing. I, I work for a tire wholesaler delivering all over the city and the amount of these bicycle riders who go through stop signs, stop lights. And, and there was once I saw one guy hit a lady's car, knocked her mirror off and just took off $25 for a license plate. Like on a car trailer, one time they should be licensed and also these e-bikes. I work part-time for a a motorcycle transport company, and I've picked up a couple of these guys on e-bikes. The two guys I talked to, both of them, didn't have a driver's license. They were DUI, and they lost their license. So they get an e-bike, and they're running around the city, and they can still be under the influence. Who knows?
6: Hmm. So Uh,
11: that's my comment, but I think they should license bicycles.
4: Okay. Thank you for that. Okay. Bye-bye. Yep. Maybe it's an idea whose time has come again. A lot of people seem to like that idea. Uh, We're going to take another break now. And before we go to break, the number's to call. 416-360-0740, toll-free one 866 We've been talking about the debate. We've been talking about bike lanes. Uh, a lot of people thinking about bike lanes. And so we can talk more about it when we get back.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt.
4: Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse
0: me! Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free
4: For All Friday. Well, we've been talking about yesterday's debate right here at Zoomer Hall. And We've been talking a lot about bicycles and bike lanes and all of that. So uh, I'm going to get right to the phone so we can continue that conversation. Murray in Malton. Hi, Murray.
7: Hi, Libby. How are you?
4: Fine, thanks. How are you? Not bad. Uh,
7: This uh, licensing thing would have to be province-wide because I'm in Malton, and if I ride my bike into the city of Toronto, what do I have to do? Carry a proof of address?
4: Um. yeah you're uh you're you're right and car licensing is is provincial so yeah you know, I, I don't have I'm no, visually I'm... impaired so I can't have a license okay
7: and a lot of these people that uh drive these scooters uh, well in Malton anyway are people
4: that have lost their license for uh, drinking and driving, so they're driving scooters you, what do you mean scooters do you mean like the, the electric scooters the, the the not the kind that disabled people have. The... No, 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 no. The two-wheeled ones. Two-wheeled ones.
7: When I got mine, right, uh, I passed a guy on a scooter, and he turned around and uh, followed me up and asked me uh, how long I've been without a license. And I go, I've never had one. And he says, well, you should come up to the bar we all go to. There's seven or eight of us that we all hang around the bar up there. We lost our license for drinking and driving, so now we're on the scooters.
4: Hmm. Okay. Thanks for that.
7: Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Libby.
4: Bye-bye. Okay. Let's go to Sita in Mississauga. Hello, Sita.
12: Hi, Libby. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Good, good. So you did a great job on the debate yesterday. Thank you very much. Maybe you should do it for when it's a federal debate for for, uh, (laughs) prime ministers.
4: You know, if I get the call, I'll think about it.
12: Great. You will do a fantastic job. Thank you very much. <laughs> anyway, I worked worked 17 years downtown at College Park, and it doesn't sound like a downtown I know. Sorry you guys are having so much issue down there. Hope you resolve it with this election so people go out and vote. Yeah. We did not receive our voting card, but we took ID, and that went very well. And in Mississauga, it's not so much garbage, school and parks, et cetera, because we can see how our money, our taxes are being spent. But we should not have to share it with Brampton and Caledon. And maybe if we don't have to do that, our property tax will be much lower. Fixed income earners will be be able to stay in their homes. Maybe younger people who want to own a home will be a little bit more affordable.
4: Well, you know what, let's just to uh, explain what you're talking about to people. uh, So the mayor of Mississauga, who's running for re-election, Bonnie Crombie, she wants Mississauga to separate from Peel region. And this is an ongoing thing. Uh, It's 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 not a new idea. And uh, I would assume that uh, in order to do that, she needs buy in from the province for sure. Uh, because mayors don 't have that much power they 're creatures of the province, but yep, that 's one of the issues. Mississauga says, "Hey, we are too big to be with all these other penny ante little municipalities. We should be on our own, and Mississauga is what the fourth or the fifth largest city in in uh in Canada." I think it's the 7th. The 7th. Um, okay, I'm off. I should have I looked think, it I'm up before sure. before I yeah. opened my mouth. But Mississauga, <laughs> so, it's, it's a big town, and um, that is one of the big issues in the election. And I yeah. gather from what you're saying, Sita, you would like to separate from the rest of Peel.
12: Yeah, if it will make our property tax much lower because a person on fixed income, if it's one person even living in a home and they're getting less like twelve or I don't know how much, twelve, fourteen hundred dollars and they have to pay property tax and it's keep going up and up and up. I mean, it's so hard for people to survive. Okay, Sita, thank you for that. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye bye.
4: Okay, let me give the numbers out again. We still have a nice chunk of time left in the show. 416 740 toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Uh, I'm going to take a call from Marianne in North York. I'm not sure I can answer the question, though. Hi, Marianne. Hi,
1: how are you today? Fine, how are you? Hanging in there. So my question is, was, would Tori... Use all the bike lanes for his uh, meetings and shopping and all the executives. I don't think they'd be using the bike lanes every day.
4: Well, I, I doubt that they would be using them every no, day. I've, I've seen him on a bike, I think. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if it's just a photo op, but yeah,
1: I'm pretty but sure. No, my other comment through the years, I don't even go downtown. I haven't been there for three, four years. I wouldn't be caught dead down there. The bikes, the, the rudeness, the giving you a finger if you honk at them, it's it's a nightmare. Same with the Danfords. Awful. Mm-hmm. It's a disgrace. It really
13: is.
4: Okay. That's my comment. Okay. Thank you, Marianne. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Talking about cyclists giving people the finger. Some cyclists are pretty aggressive, but I would suspect that uh, they'd be that way, or some of them, I don't want to paint them all with the same brush, would be that way in North York, just the same as downtown. Uh, And that's the whole idea. We want to get people to come back to downtown because this is a great city, or it should be. Anyway, uh, let us move right along. Who is next? Jeanette in Toronto. Hi, Jeanette.
14: Hi, this is uh, Jeanette. I live at 100 Rowhampton. Okay, that's Young and um, Eglinton. I live, uh, I live in one of the high, highest density of building going on in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Not only do we have to uh, worry about the bike lanes, which several people have brought up, and very bad drivers, we also have boulders the size of uh, the mountain.
12: Have to
1: navigate around to just uh, get to a drugstore or something like this. And these, these should be removed by now. This is ridiculous. I, I just kind have of to go in in the middle of October, and uh, and I am handicapped, and I have to go a long way around to get into my drugstore. So it's, it's very pathetic that the
4: Jeanette, I'm having a hard time hearing you. Hello. Did you move? Yeah,
13: you Oh. gone.
4: There you go. There I go, okay. Well, that's not going to happen anymore. And uh, what about uh, the race for city council? Have you talked to the candidates? She said Okay, we're losing you, uh, Jeanette. If you want to call back, I'll try to take your call and make sure you're not on speakerphone or anything like that. Uh, Yeah, that is a very bad area for construction. As a matter of fact, any place with the word Eglinton in it, well, uh, we know what's going on there. It is the much-delayed Eglinton LRT, and uh, I know of people taking bets about whether it will be finished in their lifetime. Uh, pretty sort of macabre bet. Let us go to... Harold in Toronto. Hello,
11: Harold. Yeah, construction on Eglinton since 2006, present. Yep. With regards to the uh, money grab that these politicians do, I don't think it's a good idea to throw our rights to ride our bicycles
13: under the falsehood of safety. That's like uh, discriminating
11: against everyone because of a few people. It doesn't make any sense. And they're going to waste our money anyway. These politicians.
4: You're talking about licenses for bicycles? I don't think that's happening.
11: Well, I don't want it to happen, but if you listen to some of your callers and think, oh, well, those people are drunk. <laughs> if I'm on a bicycle or a scooter and I get a truck, guess who gets hurt? It's going to be me if I'm drinking.
4: Oh, and if you're so not why drinking, too. Suffer
13: and have a, a surveillance society where we're. Where, where, we need a license just to ride a
11: bicycle.
4: Okay. Bigger first to fly out there, Libby. Okay. Thanks a lot. Harold does not want licenses for bicycles or scooters or anything like that. Okay. Pa- Bob in Cannington has been waiting very patiently because he wants to talk about QP and contract negotiations. Hello there.
6: Hi. How are you today?
2: Fine. Go
4: ahead. Go ahead. Thanks oh wait a minute! You have to turn down your radio.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm on. Uh... All right, I will.
4: I don't...
14: Okay. Oh. okay. Are you there?
4: Hello. Hello. Sorry. Are you? Yeah, that's better. Go ahead. Sorry. Um,
2: yes, yeah, with the contract negotiations right now, especially concerning the EAs, um, my information is they make. a year now. They come home from work most nights. They've been kicked, bit, hit. They're bruised. Some of them have to take time off for injuries. And I find it embarrassing in this day and age that a government employee that is expected to tolerate that kind of treatment uh for what I would say a low amount of uh, wages at $36,000 a year. I don't think there's any MPP that would even, um, like they have bodyguards in case somebody might push them. And these people go to work every day to look after our kids that are having problems. Like I hold them in very high esteem and um 3% is not enough. They should get double their wages if it was up to me. And I have no personal interest in the game. It's just, that's my opinion.
4: Okay yeah they are a very low paid i i don't know if it's 36 or 39 I, there's probably a range and they're looking for more than 11% and the government says ooh that's much too much and the union is putting it in terms of an hourly increase but there's no question that they do not make a lot of money and they do a very important job uh, that's a difficult job bob thanks for your call Thank you for taking it. Bye bye. Have a good day. Bye. Barbara in Toronto wants to get back
14: to the debate. Hi, Barbara. Hi. Um, I really enjoyed the debate yesterday. It was excellent. I learned a lot. Um, the fellow made a, a point earlier about the trust, not knowing anything about the trustees, which I, uh, which I found. So I actually went and voted uh, yesterday in the events polls. So I didn't vote for the trustee. But what I did do, um, because I had tried to get information about them, and I, I phoned the school board, and uh, I didn't think they were going to get back to me in time, right? So, and I really needed to vote, so I didn't vote for them. But anyway, the, actually, the trustee did uh, leave me, and I didn't realize it, but they left me in uh, to call. So, she's supposed to be calling back today, so this is great. At least they're calling, you know, calling back um, after I made the call. So, that I felt heartened about that, right? Right. Uh, normally, and, uh, you don't get pol- uh, don't get callbacks if you try to do that. That's what I found in the past. Okay,
4: so you made your choice, uh, and uh, yeah. well, and I'm very glad that you learned a lot at
14: that debate. And it yeah, was, I changed uh, my mind actually of what I was going to do originally.
4: Oh so. yeah, do you want to tell us? No. Okay, <laughs> that's fair enough. Secret yeah. ballot.
14: Yeah, I like that. I always say that too. Eh. <laughs>
4: yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that's great if people listened and it made them think about it a little harder and change their minds. Well, that's really a good thing because again, I keep saying, you know, uh, the, the aim that we have and that I have is, is to get people engaged and municipal elections have the lowest turnout and they have the most impact on your immediate day to day, Basic life, and you know that's. I think that's great. If we got people to listen, and it was over an hour, something like an hour and twenty mm-hmm. minutes, and mm-hmm. to enjoy it, and and to get out and vote, I'm really happy. And Barbara, thank you very much for your call. Okay, you're very welcome, Libby. Okay, bye bye. Bye. Yeah, um, that's really good to hear. And you know what? There's, what, 10 days left until the election, so there's still time, people, to look up your candidates and to think about what's important to you and to get out there and vote. Today is the last day for the advance poll voting, if that's what you're going to do. Let's talk to Pauline
13: in Toronto. Hi, Pauline. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? I'm good, thanks. So this is my query I have a senior brother who's 75 years old and his hearing is going. He's living on a minimum pension with not a lot of money to play with after he pays his rent and food. We have looked around everywhere to get assistive hearing aids for him, and they're all asking for money. I don't have that kind of money to, neither does he. I'm asking for help if somebody can direct me where we can go to get help for
4: his hearing aids? Um, Maybe somebody uh, out there knows. I can't answer that question off the top. What I can tell you is that Mm -hmm. in the States, they have just authorized uh, over-the-counter hearing aids. Really? So if you have a prescription and that would be uh, as low as Four hundred bucks. I think. I don't remember, so I don't I don't oh, want to say something before I check and look it up. But right. yes, hearing aids can be very expensive. And no, I don't know where you can get help with it. But mm-hmm. you know what? Um, you. We can ask one of our people maybe to look it up. Um, and have you tried Googling that?
13: Yes, I've got a list of numbers. I've got Ontario uh, Hearing Services, March of Dimes. I have a few other numbers that I have at home, and and they're all asking for, you know, like $500 an ear. Hmm. And $2,000, and the government will give you $500. I mean, he just doesn't have the kind of money to play with. And it's breaking my heart because he's hard of hearing now. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, well, thanks for
4: bringing our attention to that, Pauline, and good luck with that. Okay, you're okay, welcome. Okay, thanks a lot. Thanks. Okay, uh, another thing to look into in a growing list of things to look into, and let's see, do we have time for one more? Okay, hi, Daryl in Toronto.
11: Hello, everybody
4: there. Um, I
5: had a quick question. Uh Do you know what the difference between the the Pfizer and the Moderna shots that have just come out, and um, does the Pfizer cover something different?
4: Uh, Go ahead. Okay, I I heard an echo there, and the answer is uh, yes, I believe it does, and it's a different variant, Um, uh, um, a variant that uh, uh, that we experienced more recently.
5: Okay, well, if they're trying to, you know, put the burden on us to look after ourselves, why don't they kind of release that information? I got my uh, my Moderna one uh, a week ago yesterday, and then the next day they announce about the Pfizer. Why can't they announce these things so that we have...
4: Because the, the Pfizer at that point, was it, it wasn't delivered or it wasn't approved. It came after the Moderna, no, but, but I, I don't think...
5: The th- day after I got my shot, why can't they say it's under, you know, like, these are the differences where, you know, you may want to wait a couple of weeks or whatever. If you
4: the, we, we actually had a discussion like that. So uh, I, the information was out there, but I guess you had to find it. I'm looking at my clock. I really have to let you go, Daryl. I think you'd be fine with your Moderna shot. I wouldn't fret about it. Okay. Um, that is all the time we have for Fight Back for today and for this week. I'm Libby Snymer, and we'll talk again on Monday.